Hey, what do you want a da da da? I don't know. What do y'all think we should da da da? Well, what did we da yesterday? Hmm, yesterday. All the dolls feel like the same doll these days. I know. Like it's today Monday or Tuesday? Today is Thursday. <gasps> oh no! I forgot to call my mom on her birthday. Oh no! No! These days, nothing is normal and everything is weird. But you could still save big when you switch to Progressive. That won't change. Not to die or any die. Quote to die at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. We're going to start this week's episode of the Inside Line F1 podcast with some good news. Gunal, <laughs> Kimi Raikkonen has finally won something. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Only it's not what we were hoping and wishing for, rather or, optimistically. Or for for that matter, what Kimi was what? wishing for as well. Yeah, he won the driver of the day at the Hungarian Grand Prix. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was all the Max Verstappen fans who probably went and voted for Kimi Raikkonen. It was a thank you gesture for not overtaking Max on track again. <laughs> <laughs> Some Kimi fans won't be happy though. They wanted him to be president. Did you see that sign? <laughs> you know, I think they want the most unpopular person to be president. That's that's what's happening in the America as well, right? <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Well, I just want him to join us on the Inside Line F1 podcast to be honest. <laughs> But the Hungarian Grand Prix was such a boring boring race. I am falling asleep just thinking about it. Help. You know, it was actually one of those things that we were reminded about Formula 1 after some really super races in Austria and Silverstone. I think we've been spoiled lately. <laughs> You know, wake up! The Hungarian Grand Prix is over. Was the best tweet that I read during the Grand Prix. Though, to be very fair to Formula One, it's actually very hard to expect from the sport to deliver drama after drama in every race. And yes, I say this after a certain Lewis Hamilton stars in every race. It is still difficult to accept drama from him all the time. <laughs> well, I'm not sure what some of our younger fans think about that, but okay. <laughs> the Hungarian Grand Prix though was interesting because you know the tables seem to be turning in every way. It started in qualifying when Rosberg actually won the shootout to pole. Now that was surprising for me and I'm guessing most of us because uh, after that Lewis Hamilton came back on race day and he had a perfect race. He did what he was unable to do all season which is have a clean start and get away and snatch the lead and not give it back. It took him what 10 races to get a clean start really. The reigning <laughs> world champion. I'm glad he's finally <laughs> learning and the tables have turned most importantly Because Lewis's victory means that he now leads the world championship. Finally, after five months and ten long races, <laughs> wow! Hamilton's what forty eighth win. The one number which everyone's focusing on is that he's three wins away from Alan Prost's uh, record as well. Okay, but the the key statistic is that Hamilton's win percentage in Hungary is fifty percent. Means that he's won. one out of every two races he's competed in at the circuit and to think of it and let's remember just a little over a month ago nico rosberg was leading lewis by 43 points and like you said the tables have turned and how 
Okay. Not that we weren't expecting it, but <laughs> wow, this is too much too soon. So Nico Rosberg says that he is not concerned that Hamilton has snatched the lead in the World Drivers Championship. We 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 know that he's actually saying this only to show that he's not lost the edge to Lewis Hamilton. But you know, maybe it is true in some way. Let's look at it realistically. Half the season is over. Half is still left. There is still a lot to play for. And all I can say to Nico Rosberg is go get yourself a sports psychologist. That's if you don't have one already. Because when you're up against Lewis Hamilton, that is one thing he will bloody hell need. In fact, this entire uh, mindset that you've been talking about for Rosberg, this was so evident in the entire way Rosberg seems to have approached the Hungarian Grand Prix. He was literally chasing Lewis for 70 laps. I mean, not that there's anything wrong in that, but he was just hoping that Hamilton would make a mistake and then, you know, just pass the lead on to him. But that's not how a world champion drives. Yeah, I mean, and of course, this is Lewis Hamilton who we're talking about. He doesn't make mistakes from what we've seen. (laughs) Okay, doesn't always make mistakes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But like you said, I don't know if Rosberg should probably change his mindset and say, you know what, I will destroy the car if I have to. He already did that. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will destroy the car if I have to. I'll destroy the tires if I have to. But I will genuinely try and take the battle on track to Lewis and try and overtake him. I don't know if we've really seen that. But anyway, you know, we've spoken a lot about Nico and Lewis. And Nico does need to learn a thing or two from Max Verstappen. <laughs> Just my opinion when it comes to pulling off those overtakes. But the one thing that Nico Rosberg did manage to maintain consistency on was, you know, continuing with his all-too-frequent trips to the stewards. He got called in again. I mean, what is up with that? (laughs) And what is even more interesting is he got called into the stewards' office almost three hours after qualifying ended. And from what I've read online, he was at a sponsor event when he got a call and he had to leave and go back to the circuit. And I wonder if there was something, or probably in this case, someone who triggered this investigation. Ooh, that sounds very interesting. (laughs) But you know, the stewards probably just had their Saturday night plans cancelled last minute. So they decided, hey, why not go with the usual and let's hang out with Nico Rosberg again. (laughs) (laughs) But big, big, big good news for Nico Rosberg. Mercedes have signed him on for a two-year contract. Wow. Wow. You know, that that bromance with Nikki Lauda is really paying off. (laughs) (laughs) But I must say, it is very brave of Nico Rosberg and of Mercedes. Very brave of Mercedes to keep Nico Rosberg in that seat. I mean, we've all seen over these years how he continuously crumbles under pressure, especially when he should deliver. And I'm, you know, my memory goes back to Austria and what he did at turn one. Okay. And they're probably blocking themselves from any new driver who could become free in 2018 as well. And in this case, as we know, Pascal Verline, who's waiting in the wings as well. Speaking of Pascal Verline, he totally killed it on the drums in Silverstone. Did you see that? <laughs> yes. You know, you know, his alternate career, if Mercedes doesn't happen anytime soon, could totally be music. And look, <laughs> he's just following in Lewis Hamilton's footsteps. <laughs> The other person who should be really upset by this piece of news is Pastor Maldonado. (laughs) We remember him every podcast, I think. He said he wanted a competitive seat in 2017. But damn it, Mercedes is now blocked out. (laughs) (laughs) 
And since he said competitive, I'm guessing Ferrari and Red Bull Racing don't really make the cut. McLaren Honda, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> but going back, it's also very, very brave of Nico Rosberg. Let's remember, he's been beaten three seasons on the go by Lewis Hamilton. And this could very well be the fourth. Basically, he signed up to the possibility of being massacred six seasons in a row by his former friend and now teammate, and of course, the world champion, Lewis Hamilton. Ouch. And the battle's only going to get more difficult with each passing year, I'm sure. Yes, and that's if Mercedes, of course, stays competitive in 2017. Let's remember that. Yes. Another interesting battle to look forward to is Ferrari versus Red Bull Racing. After all, Ricciardo is now third in the World Drivers' Championship and he's beaten Raikkonen to that spot. But you know, somehow nobody really seems to care about this fight. All everyone seems to care about these days is Max Verstappen. <laughs> and I think that includes us too. <laughs> so the big question this episode is, was Max Verstappen's defence against Kimi Raikkonen's overtaking fair? In my view, Max was a little cheeky. I mean, let's remember this, okay? It was absolutely fun to watch on television and there's no doubt in that. But it was borderline stuff. I mean, he was lucky to not pick up damage this time. And the result might not be the same every time he is in such kind of a battle. Let's remember this. Martin Brundle said that that move was very junior Formulae like. <laughs> but Kunal, what the hell? If watching junior Formulae is so much fun, why are we even bothering watching Formula <laughs> 1? <laughs> But Kimi Raikkonen is not pleased with Max Verstappen's move. He is bloody pissed. You know, it seems like both Ferraris have a bleep button installed <laughs> <laughs> to mute out all the unpleasantries. So, uh, Maurizio Oriva Bain said that there is no more fooling around from Ferrari. I wonder if this means that they were probably fooling around all this while. And by the way, they actually raced a heavier car in Hungary. I wonder if this was the reason why they were slow and... By heavier, they were just two kilograms heavier. But we all know that Formula One's always about being lighter. That's interesting. And as much as the fans love Max, we know that because he keeps winning driver of the day again and again and again. <laughs> there is this growing list of drivers who don't seem to like him too much. I'm guessing a certain Danny Kivat leads that list. <laughs> but you know, this is going to make for some very interesting clashes in the time to come. Oh, yes. And uh, he's following the footsteps of Sebastian Vettel. He wasn't always liked as well. And not to forget the great Michael Schumacher. He was liked by nobody but myself. <laughs> okay, well, I'm exaggerating. But at least in the circle of Formula One fans that I have and probably a few guys in the paddock that I know. Verstappen's biggest rival, teammate Ricciardo... Well, he certainly proved a point at Hungary. I was so happy when he grabbed that third spot on the podium. <laughs> and you know what? His smile was back. <laughs> Fernando Alonso, he finished P7. And he finished P7 in all the damn sessions. So, a special applaud for his consistency. Woo, good job! <laughs> Actually, double applause because consistency is not something that Alonso and McLaren Honda have been known for this season. So, let's clap for them. <laughs> hey, I'm not being mean. <laughs> Fernando Alonso says that he does not expect to finish on the podium this year. And that's realistic given the performance of his car. But that's just such a strange statement for a double world champion to make, you know? <laughs> you know, 
We keep talking about Alonso and his troubles with McLaren Honda. Let's remember, Sebastian Vettel has his troubles too. He is not winning. And I wonder who will have the last laugh though. Will it be McLaren Honda that will probably get to beating Mercedes before Ferrari? One doesn't know. And Ferrari are of course so desperate. I mean, they have now reached out to Ross Braun to help them become a winning team again. Of course, Braun has turned them down. And at this rate, I really wonder if they would have probably wanted to reach out to a certain Michael Schumacher too. I mean, I really hope he's doing well though. News for Danny Kivat, his troubles just seem to continue. So the rumour is that Red Bull Racing is going to drop him for the next season due to lack of performance. I am not surprised. We saw this coming way long ago. But they are clearly to blame for his lack of performance and motivation. The only good thing about Danny Kivat is that if Red Bull drops him, there is possibly Williams that is interested in hiring him. And let's remember, Williams would benefit from Russia's sponsorship as well. That is a very interesting point, Kunal. Alan, some limelight for another driver who pretty much never gets it, Esteban Gutierrez. So Gutierrez was shown the middle finger by Hamilton for not letting him get past while Hamilton was trying to lap him. That was very classy behaviour for our Rolex-wearing viewers to appreciate. I must say that. That is our world champion setting a good positive example. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Hungarian Grand Prix brought focus on the radio rules again. Uh, the FIA issued some clarifications and Jensen Button bore the brunt of it this weekend. So the FIA said that if you have issues, you should come into the pits and solve your problems either via the radio or via physical assistance from your engineer stroke mechanics. Okay, And uh, let's remember, the more we talk about how ridiculous the FIA is about this rule, the more ridiculous they anyway want to be. So it's just best to leave them alone. Like we did to the elimination qualifying format as well. Oh yeah, and double points. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Here's my favorite joke about this whole radio rule space. I read on the internet that the FIA should have a call center to India to, you know, handle the volume of radio chatter during a Grand Prix. <laughs> <laughs> so in other news, Apple, the guys who make iPhones, iPods, iPads as well, have shown interest in Formula One. Does this mean that we will now be calling it IF1? <laughs> I really hope not. Or I Formula One. I don't know. I know you're secretly wishing it is. So. <laughs> <laughs> so Pirelli now wants race drivers to test their tyres, which basically means that they're putting test drivers out of a job. And that's so sad because test drivers, they barely get to drive, you know, a few miles a year anyway. <laughs> Jean-Éric Wern, he's Ferrari's test driver. I don't know if he's even driven any of the Ferrari Formula 1 cars yet. But anyway, the other piece of sad news this time comes from the Ecclestone camp. It's that Bernie Ecclestone's mother-in-law, who by the way is younger than him, was kidnapped in Brazil not more than a few hours ago. The ransom that we've read is reportedly around 30 million dollars of pounds whatever makes sense to the kidnappers okay <laughs> but you know we, we shouldn't be making fun of something so serious but i really wonder if the kidnappers are actually pissed off formula one fans or maybe they're just team owners who don't get enough money from bernie <laughs> <laughs> 
In other news, Formula One's ticket sales actually rose by 6% last year, 2015. That's also the year that Max Verstappen started racing Formula One. <laughs> Is that a coincidence? I think not. <laughs> and team bosses, they are finally talking sense. They say that the rules are overcomplicated for fans and they need to be simpler. And this is the best example of all talk and no action. Somewhat similar to Nico Rosberg as well, right? But, okay, sorry, we're kidding. <laughs> Kevin Magnussen tells Renault to focus on the 2017 season, which is just hilarious because I don't even know if he knows whether he will be there. <laughs> Wait for his birthday. That's what he should do. Wait for his birthday to come. <laughs> and check his email. Refresh, refresh, refresh. Anyway, looking forward, we have the German Grand Prix coming up this weekend. And Hockenham is yet another classic circuit I'm very excited about. Well, yet another classic circuit, which is now no longer classic because of all those silly changes they've made. But anyway. Incidentally, it seems that Wandoon is all set to replace Harianto at Manor. Which is very interesting because we will now have the... Honda-powered driver racing in a car with a Mercedes engine. Very confusing. <laughs> so Stoffel Van Doorn said that he has got similar pace to Fernando Alonso and Jensen Button. And I really wonder if he means that he is as slow as them as well. No! <laughs> Home race for Nico Rosberg and Mercedes. Will he win? Because there is certainty that they will win for sure. And it's actually been a while since Lewis Hamilton last won here. 2011. So, you know, maybe he's forgotten his way to the podium. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ferrari have won the German Grand Prix 22 times. And I don't think that their 23rd win is going to be there this weekend. But the best statistic for me is that the last four years have seen four different winners on the podium. But for this year, I am certain we're going to see a repeat. Unless Max can make it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Yes, we missed out last week. But we will be there next week after Germany. See you. Me, 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 me. But also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.